You know what else happened this week? What? I saw the Joker movie. I watched the Joker movie. No, yeah. I watched oh, Joker. Cool. Obviously, I liked it. There were I had more complaints than I thought I would, but it like hit me harder than than I expected it to. I knew I would like it because I'm an edge lord, but I didn't know that I would like it so much. Yeah, which is stupid because I fucking love Joaquin. He did so good. He yeah. was so beautiful and graceful. And so when I I was just thinking about how I wish it came out like in 1992 because I loved that kind of shit when I was a kid. Yeah. I really liked like a horrible injustice story. I like to watch people like really go through it, and then I would like crying get upset and i it, this movie made me remember that when i was Shawshank young, redemption <laughs> when i was um, I mean, yeah yeah i was probably like four and i was really obsessed with danny devito's penguin <laughs> very cool yes. i would like talk about him all the time i like thought about him as a real person <laughs> i had like chronic dreams about him and then my sister started telling me that my parent that my real parents had also sent me down uh. the sewers when i was a kid and then i started <laughs> <laughs> and i think my parents were like oh god <laughs> oh dear that's that's in the 90s we just didn't have any supervision and there were no rules of what you could and couldn't watch and so my favorite movie was the penguin movie That's and so the joker's awesome. exactly the same he just gets the shit kicked out of him and you're like just let him be mayor uh-huh. <laughs> and then i'm just like crying doesn't the penguin in that movie strap like rockets to a bunch of penguins <laughs> <laughs> am i wrong we should watch that we should. Yeah, watch it. we should um, I have no recollection of that movie at all. I remember the penguin scaring the shit out of me because of that scene where he, like, bites the guy in the face. <laughs> but it's like, they made him so, you know, like, um, well, I'm like one finger deep into the scotch, so I can't remember any vocabulary. I want to say relatable, but that's not really the word. <laughs> they made him so... I mean, it sounds like you like related they, to him I really hard. did. I was very obsessed with him. Um, but they humanized him really successfully in that movie. Yeah. Um, and also, Batman fucking sucks. Joker does a really good job with how much Batman sucks. Yeah. Um, and so Penguin is good. Yes. And deserves to be mayor. Yeah. They they need to do a Joker sequel that's like the Penguin, and it's also about how Batman sucks. Well, I've had this whole glass of scotch, so let's get going. Speak on it. This, can you tell our audience that Matthias poured us each literally five fingers of scotch? Yeah, it's uh, quite a quite a bit. Um, like my entire hands. Yeah. Well, it's good you though. Know, it's a good thing. I apologized once. So, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, welcome. That's what reparations means. Oh, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> welcome back to uh, State of the Revolution, the uh, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. Um, it's me, Benjamin, and then uh, also this week we've got uh, Ricky and Matthias. Uh, what's today? Today is uh, Sunday, February 16th, and thanks for joining us. Uh, we are now two for two, guys. We, uh, we, we've now won both Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, very, very exciting. And this one is recognized. Yeah, this, this one is actually recognized. Oh, yeah. There you go. God, I can't wait for them to get rid of that stupid fucking caucus. Um, oh, well, well, get ready, because... We're doing another one. <laughs> Coming up on Saturday, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, feels good, man. Feels good. We have a lot of momentum going into Nevada now. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go. It's probably going to go really terribly. I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying like it's going to, I'm not saying it's definitely going to go terribly for us, but I just think it's going to go terribly in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of people saying like, why is cynical people on the left saying that, um, we're dumbasses if we don't realize that this is only going to get much worse every yeah. time. And yeah. because, you know, I'm not trying to like reference other podcasts, but I think this t- came up on True and On. Yeah. And they were talking about how like literally nobody remembers how bad it was the last time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're right. I didn't remember any of this. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be worse this time. Yeah. And Nevada was like really the epicenter mm-hmm. of the <laughs> shit show. This was the throwing chairs, correct? Yes. Yes. Did we talk about that already? The throwing chairs? Uh, not really. Okay. I don't really remember. I just know that they had accused the the Bernies of throwing chairs, which I believe yeah. w- probably happened because, as we've seen, uh, a friend of the pod, Alex, threw a chair at the last debate watch. Yeah. Party. Yeah. Wait, he like, he, had th- he, he like picked up a chair. Yeah. And then like slammed it at a distance. Oh, okay. A small distance. He really fucking threw this chair. It was great. But yeah, yeah so I don't he, he hurled it at the screen. Uh, Elizabeth Warren lying about Medicare for all. Oh, yeah. He, he hurled a chair at he Elizabeth Warren. Well, the the important point is that the we don't have any evidence that a Bernie Burr actually did throw a chair in Nevada. But I, I have to admit that I believe that it might have happened. Which is I, That's why they picked that lie to tell, because it was believable. I can't speak on it, but... I do know that uh, there's a serious chance that Harry Reid has oh, no. still the kind of um, you know grip on things that he had before. Oh fuck the culinary union! Did you yeah. talk about that in the last no, podcast? No, didn't. That is what we should be talking <laughs> that'll, about. That all happened like before the last episode we taped. Yeah. I didn't listen to your last episode. Sorry. It's interesting. Yeah. So two, what is that? Culinary 226, the union. Let me see if I can explain this drunk without any notes. The <laughs> a major culinary union in Las Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. which can one of you explain what they pulled with Harry Reid the last time? Basically, they, with, you know, they like pulled support from Bernie yeah. with, with that whole, sh- again, like I just said, I do not remember what happened four years ago. Yes. I uh, mean, I think that that is what yeah. happened. And this you is, know? this is he Harry Reid. Again, not, not to promote other podcasts, but like two episodes ago, True and On explained this like blow by blow. And, I, and I they released, they released it. So it's free. Yes. So listen um, to episodes. Go listen to the other podcasts. Four years ago, the Democratic Party did a coup in Nevada against Bernie Sanders. Yes, they did. The the legitimate ruler of Nevada. Yes. And um, they they leveraged the power of a very large and kind of important union, the culinary union, which, you know, this is the service city of the world, right? Yes. Um, And those buffets do not make themselves. Correct. Despite what, it appears, you know, and as uh, listeners may remember, I'm sort of like I've lived and I grew up in Vegas a little bit. So some of this is kind of close to my heart. Um, so what happens recently is fuck. None of this is going to be super factual. But um, basically, the the union comes out and endorses Liz. Is it Liz? No. What is going on with it? No, they, they're, they're, not endorsing endorsing they're not endorsing anyone. Yeah. Okay. They have, <laughs> they have strategically not put their chips on anything, I think, because it's pretty hotly contested. And, you know, at this juncture, anyone might lose. But what was it that they did? 
Oh, oh, do you do you the Medicare for all? Last yeah, time. They okay, were, it's coming they were, together. Apparently, Sorry. some of the one of the unions was circulating flyers uh, that were anti-Sanders, uh, or at least it was like implicit anti-Sanders because they were they were uh, arguing against Medicare for all. Right. So the argument is that Medicare for all would take hardworms, hardworms, hard-earned <laughs> benefits away from from unions who had worked to secure. Health care. Right. Um, as a member of a union who's on public school health care, uh, our health care is the best that exists and it fucking sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, that is an aside. Um, so this is kind of a, this is a well-tread um, propaganda. This idea that like unions want to defend a private health insurance because they fought to get a slice of it when like the kind of um, consensus among labor organizers is that all bargaining is the entire time of it is wasted trying to get like an extra doctor's appointment one in your contract. Um, mm-hmm. And so if we just had Medicare for all, you could ask for like not having to touch the foundry with bare hands yeah, and a three day work week, you know, the things that really yeah. matter. Um, and so, yeah, so that was a big bullshit propaganda, uh, which a lot of people unfortunately believe. Yeah. Well, you know, it reminds me of like, uh, when people argue against uh, student debt cancellation mm-hmm. and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, we can't do that because it's unfair to all the people who have already paid back their student loans. Right. Um, so the, a couple of points about this at, as I understand it, is that there have been some whispers circulating from the rank and file of this union. And to be very clear, there's pro- it's unlikely that this was the belief of like any of the workers in this union. And it was just the leaders, right? Like hand in hand with Harry Reid or whatever. Um, and I've, I've seen some, or I've heard some speculation that they have been kind of releasing statements or my early statement against the leadership, which mm. I, as a unionist myself, I love to hear. That's very cool. But what's really important is that like a lot of people in this particular union are really, um, these, this isn't a secure industry to work in. These, so these are people whose health care they get when they work for this casino that may or may not go under, you know, the celebrity restaurant that may or may not go under. And they f- move from job to job. And so these people aren't, it's definitely not like cradle the grave health insurance. Um, yeah. These people are still pretty insecure in this union, so, which is good evidence that they probably would benefit from and enjoy Medicare for all, among other things. Yeah. Even when they do require health care, your employer can change it right. or where it's from. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. It's bad. Uh, it, it is, it is pre- precarity in all facets of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting um and this comes up a little bit because we'll hear from nurses in Nevada that the other, like the main industry otherwise in Vegas, other than the gaming industry and entertainment, whatever, tourism, is healthcare because it's, you know, it's a Phoenix or Florida of the region. It's a, it has a, a seriously aging population. And people um, keep getting stabbed. And also, <laughs> correct, yeah, like there's also a lot of just illness otherwise. Um, and it, it's a, I've, I've come down with being stabbed. Me, me, <laughs> major. <laughs> I mean, a growing, you know, sector of the economy there for a long time where there's been a lot of labor unrest for a long time. My mother was a hospital worker in Las Vegas in the 90s. Um, and it's also like because it's such a kind of cosmopolitan city, it's it's a hub for migrants, particularly from like the Philippines, like nurses and home care workers. So a lot of the people who are actually voting in this are are these like very, very insecure migrant healthcare workers 
who are making up like a huge share of the city. Um, and of course, like a f- fucking casino workers who li- who do not care like, as much yeah. as Harry Reid says that they do. So I'm hoping that alone turns it out. I, I mean, you know, I have to say I'm shocked that the average casino worker does not care about Elizabeth Warren's plans. <laughs> Sadly. I don't know if this is true, but people keep saying that I heard a couple months ago that she had actually um, crossed the picket line at the Palms when there was oh, some sort yes. of labor unrest with one of their unions. I think I, it was culinary. I that too. I I, I'm not sure pump, of the, the validity of that, but I did hear that she had crossed the picket line. In, in I mean, Nevada. I wanted to believe it, so I believed yeah. it. Yeah. Well, ju- I, I want to go back to Nevada real quick, uh, just because there was a couple other things that we wanted to cover. Um, uh, oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about the Strokes concert, didn't mm. you? Yeah, we need to debrief the Strokes concert. <laughs> um, they, yeah, uh, uh, it was like a couple days, like a day or two before the election. Uh, Bernie had a rally in in Durham, New Hampshire. Was was it Durham or was it or Derry? I think it was Derry. Maybe I don't remember. It starts with a D. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a rally and uh, with AOC and I think Cornell West might have mm-hmm. been there. And uh, the Strokes uh, played a concert uh, at the end, and it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I was. You know, we had heard about it a little while ago, and I was like. Can I get on a Bernie journey? <laughs> I was so excited. I'm uh, 30. I'm going to be 32 this year. So this is a band that's relevant to my interests, you could say. Uh, yes, yes. I was speak ext- on it. I was okay. I can, I can speak on it. Are actually. we doing the Brace Belden thing here? I am. You're like, you're, you're on your way, but you're not as funny as Brace. Yeah. You, you have <laughs> to be careful because, you know, you yeah. don't, you don't want to like um, pigeonhole yourself as a Jewish podcast. Yeah, no. Uh, there, there are a lot of. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the str- I was really pumped on the the Strokes, and uh, and I wasn't surprised because I don't know, Ben. Do you know much about this band? Like who they are? What kind of people they are? So you know, I. Uh... <sighs> I was I was actually just sitting here like well in the other room, uh, doing uh, basically nothing. Um, but then I got a notification on my phone that uh, um, there was a Bernie Sanders live broadcast happening, and the Strokes were playing. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll put it on the TV and check it out. And I I actually I'm not really that familiar with their mm-hmm. music because like, you're young, right? Well, I mean, si- since that night, I've listened to a lot more of their music, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool. I they're they rock. Um, but like I'm sitting there, uh, watching the concert, I'm thinking, I don't really know much about mm. these guys, but I really wish I was there right now. Cause this looks so fucking awesome. Do you want me, do you want me to tell Ben, do you know a lot about the strokes? No. Okay. Excellent. I love to talk about this. So this is a band full of literal millionaires and the children of millionaires who formed at a Swiss boarding school in high school. Very cool. So this is like peak class trader. Uh, Julian, the lead singer is the son of, um, John Casablanca, right? Yeah. Who he ran, ran, um, um, which mod- one of the modeling agencies? Um, he was in that right, movie, so that, which is what all of these why all these songs are about, like being like jaded about hot models. Um, and cool. you know, Albert Hammond Jr. is the son of Albert Hammond, like cool, like pop musician of the seventies, cool, um, like moderately cool, etc. Right? Um, so they and that, that's why they got so big. They were kind of an industry plant, like they were like millionaires. So they had really like their first show ever was at like a huge club and and stuff like that. Uh, but that, you know, as a fan since 2001, when their first album came out, um, their songs are about like 
this absolute ambivalence about money and wealth and particularly like work and kind of value all these things that are sort of Marxist. Like it's, they sound like they're songs about being bored, but when you listen to them, they're about, uh, like not understanding the relationship of how these things get produced in the world and and being totally jaded with it. Um, like money is fake in their songs. And I think that's, um, so from, from the beginning, I always liked them because they were kind of a anti-capitalist band in that way. And Julie in particular, um, over the years, he's had kind of like squishy left positions in public. He did this interview with Henry Giroux a couple years ago, um, on YouTube or something. So he has an interest in left politics. I think he's been a Bernie bro for a minute, but they're like, they are very rich, not because of their music Yeah, because Mm -hmm. they're like rich they're they're, a, they're the children of rich people right, they are the ruling class and so uh, i mean say whatever but i like i like it i love that for them <laughs> i mean well, hey i would i would love to be born into the ruling class that'd be great yeah then well, you, I mean, do, like, you know uh, playing a show for a presidential candidate it is what it is but right. i'm then not you mad could be the good kind of class traitor mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I you know I, I really like that they that they close their show mm-hmm. with uh, their song New York City Cops, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they had, had they had cops uh, the cops come up on stage because like all of the like the crowd got up on the stage too. That was pretty that was pretty cool. I hadn't been watching the live feed, but I was in the group chat. I was like, "You guys are watching it. Are they playing? Did they play New York City Cops?" And Alex was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm fine. And there, there were tweets going around with the they have their the band's logo on uh, in, but it says Bernie Sanders in their logo. And I was like freaking out. I was like, Zach, do you know anyone in New Hampshire right now who can get me this shirt? Well, apparently they were selling them on yeah, the store. Yeah, I already bought it. You did. Yeah, I good did. for you. That's awesome. I was like, fuck. Okay. Um, it was uh, a really cool shirt. I was, I was, I was, I was just targeted too. Is my whole point of this story? Yeah. Yes. And I have been targeted. Uh, yeah, I tuned in when they were premiering that video, mm-hmm. and it goes off. Yeah, it does. Their videos are really weird. Yeah, yeah. I really, really um, like track that, rocks. New, that. Yeah, yeah that song at the door. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. I, like since since that night, I've, I've listened to it probably like twenty times. It's mm-hmm. pretty dope. Well, it sounds like they're selling records. Yeah, thanks to Bernie Sanders. I've eaten thirty at the doors in the last 40 days. What the fuck, what the fuck did Papa John say? He still, he'd said that he ate like 40 pizzas in the last 30, 30 days. days but yes. And now he and now admitted he that he he's, a he's, he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a goddamn phony. He's a liar. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news, people. Well, um, so New Hampshire, um, you know, uh, Sanders came in first, like a narrow first, which I mean, whatever. I mean, he won. He fucking won. And that's all that really matters to me. I think the Soviet style parade uh, down down Main Street was a bit much at the end. <laughs> uh, but I, I really it's it's, you know, the, the way that um the way that, like, uh, you know, corporate news is trying to spin this, uh, I think you guys might have seen, uh, they, <laughs> they did this thing where they're like, uh, you know, Pete, if you combined Pete Buttigieg oh and Amy God, Klobuchar's yes. votes against Bernie Sanders, then he would have lost. Cause that's how elections work. Have you considered if you were to cut Mayor Pete in half and Amy Klobuchar in half and sew them to, and have Ben Carson sew them together? <laughs> And make them one candidate. You know, the, the real story of the night was third place. Yeah, exactly. Wait, who came in third place? I can't even Amy remember. Amy Klobuchar, yeah. yeah. 
the club. Uh, love to see Elizabeth Warren not get that spot. Yeah. Have to say, yeah. Um, seeing Amy on the rise is stressing me out. That maybe I did this with all of my praise of her good looks and charisma. Yeah. I've been a real apologist for Amy Klobuchar, and now I'm like, fuck, she's going to win the election. She Apparently, she keeps um, telling people, telling crowds a, a joke that she made. The, the, we talked about this last week, didn't we? The Blizzard one? Yeah, I the, think. The Blizzard one? I, I don't remember if we did. I assume What we about did. her ex-boyfriends? Have you heard her talk about her ex-boyfriends? Oh, my God, Yes. She's like, I've raised, like, what is it, like $10,000 off of ex-boyfriends or something? What does that mean? Uh, it, it, it means it that, means she, that she, has... called them, she called her ex-boyfriends and, and said, donate to uh, my she campaign. She absolutely did not, Then She went to their homes, and she <laughs> held up a staple gun, and she was like, donate. <laughs> Take out a mortgage on your apartment. I'm, I'm, I will, I will yeah. kill you with this binder. <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk about Elizabeth Warren really quick, because she's doing really badly, and I'm I'm totally here for it. Um, we all are. It's 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 you love to see it, really. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy that I, she. Well, she, Jesus Christ, she came in uh, third. She came in third in Iowa, and then comes in fourth in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know what, what's <laughs> there's there's this person there's there's this person I know uh, and really admire quite a lot. Um, but it seems like they've been shifting since 2016. They've been they've been shifting closer and closer to the center, um, and they've made it a big point uh, over like the last year or two to like uh, not uh, not say who they want to support for the presidential election because mm-hmm. they're they I guess they want to give a uh, give this air of like uh, impartiality or something. Um, At first, I thought you were talking about Elizabeth Warren. No, not not definitely not. Not I've got this not friend, and she says she's really <laughs> progressive, but she keeps moving to the letter. Well, this person was supporting Bernie in 2016, um, but in but now, like just recently, uh, they said uh, that they were going to vote for Warren. You know, they they just endorsed, uh, they just uh, donated to Warren's campaign, and this was like just before Iowa. So I feel kind of bad for this person that that they've yeah. just very. Publicly uh, hitched their wagon to a dying horse. <laughs> I mean, if they had actually been paying attention, they would have. Yeah, exactly. Like that I, horse it's was like sick. Yeah. you, you, well, yeah. You, at did this you not point, see like, the writing on the fucking wall? Did you not see the writing on the skull? I'm having a hard time <laughs> enjoying her downfall. Unfortunately, it's just stressing me out a little. Yeah, it's not. It's not falling fast I enough. Because I didn't understand. I did not foresee it. I didn't have the first. I I just did not expect Pete's strong performance. And I, as much as I defend Amy, uh, I did not think she was going to get any votes. So oh, I don't the think two of them can. together concerns me i know what you mean i know what you mean so i prefer i would prefer that elizabeth did a little bit better and then like failed a little bit later and maybe i don't know i well i disagree because i um oh damn i'm not going to reference the same podcast that you just did earlier but i do think that elizabeth warren could be a huge problem because she's eating up bernie's base i mean i've been saying that forever i'm a big yeah. hater i was hating her like Really early in this, whenever all the when all the other Democratic Socialists were like, she's fine. 
but I'm just worried now because shit's getting real. The OG hater is on our podcast. You're like the Bernie Sanders of hating Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took this stand mm-hmm. when I was alone, and now everyone is behind me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone is seen. Well, it seems Very like um, she's trying to make some sort of last stand. Uh, or at least that's what mm-hmm. it seems like it's it's about to be. Her her Custer's last stand. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> she, well, she's Custer in this situation. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, because like in, she, in every situation, it, actually, in order for in order for her to keep going, she's gonna have to win. Or come in second place, I think, in both Nevada and South Carolina. Because if she if she continues to get third or lower in these next two states, I think she's going to drop out. Yeah. Uh, because there's no future Massachusetts, for her. Well, Massachusetts bye bye. is on Super Tuesday, mm-hmm. and she can't risk losing Massachusetts because right. uh, she's going to look like a huge fucking idiot well, if she that does. That would be very funny. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be funny, but like also, she's still a member of the Senate and has a re-election if she doesn't actually. Win win the nomination, which yeah. it doesn't look like she's going to. Isn't she one of the least popular senators? That's what I hear like fellow Bernie bros saying. I haven't yeah. I haven't followed the link to the source. Yeah, of that we, we need to be listening to like not um, these people. Yeah. They're lying to us. Mm, They're be. like, don't worry. Everything's cool. It's not. You should be freaking out. So she's going to... If you're listening to this podcast, Brandon, you should be freaking out. <laughs> oh, is... Does Brandon support Elizabeth Warren? Wait, Brandon Betts? <laughs> We're calling him out because he's our listener. No, he doesn't support okay, Elizabeth okay. Warren. No. That's good. That's good no, to I'm, know. I, I'm telling We're all Bernie I'm, Bros. I'm telling all of our Bernie Bro listeners that they should be freaking out. That all okay. the good news that they're getting is lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you can't trust anyone except for this podcast. I mean, a lot of people who Thank are you. hangers on are are saying, "Well, she's going to endorse Bernie." <laughs> And oh, I like I'm really torn because my that. greatest drive oh, in life is to is to be right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, it would be really good if she it would be really, really, really good if she endorsed him. She's oh, absolutely yeah, not going to do that. No. And I don't like to be wrong. <laughs> so I guess I don't want her to endorse him. <laughs> I, I I am uh I I style myself um a liver of barrels, and so I want to take like the more cynical um, mm-hmm. approach. And and I agree with you. It's like if I if I end up being wrong, I want to be wrong in like the good way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh look, she actually did endorse Bernie, and me being a pessimist wasn't bad. Yeah, it's driving mean, right. Wait, shit, goddamn it. <laughs> I'm really I'm Sorry. I'm kind of I'm kind of sick of these progressives who have this like this idea that uh, Bernie and Warren are like working together behind the scenes that they have like some kind of like agreement with each other or something like that. that I don't think they that they're, still they're on the same team. Like I haven't heard a lot of that since the that debate. <sighs> I think, I think a lot of, I think a lot of these people incident. are just, I, I think they're more hopeful than anything else. Sad. Um, and if, if Not she good. were, if, if she actually were, was on Bernie's team or like, you know, was working with him in any capacity, I don't understand why she's still in the race. Um, right. She wouldn't have been in the race for the past eight months, at least if yeah. she was working with him. I, I don't have a, 
my my comment is totally idiotic. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, no anyone anyone that is convinced that that is a reality and is calling themselves a a progressive is a moron. Although um, progressive doesn't really mean anything it at this doesn't juncture. Doesn't mean anything. No offense. It, it hasn't for to a while. Everyone listening you might and as well all of call our friends, your, uh, including Ben. No offense. I. So I, I still use Ben's a Democrat. <gasps> oh my gosh! I just <laughs> technically learned... okay, technically a Democrat. I just... Look, he just gave me. I just learned Listen, something. I, I'm I'm a registered member of the Michigan Democratic Party, but that is just to go to their things and vote their conventions. He's a Russian influencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if there. Mike. I wonder if Mike Bloomberg is going to pay Russian influencers. <sighs> Other people are alleging that. So I, I just wanted to say that I, I think people have different ideas of progressive. I, I think I think that generally it doesn't really mean anything, but I still use the term to refer to people who are like generally generally left, but not willing to call themselves like leftists or socialists. It's my favorite kind of tomato soup. <laughs> I um, I mean, I I talk to other people who do political work and organizing, and they do find it useful, even if it's not. Um, very meaningful, and I get yeah. that, but here's my stakes in this. Well, it's like saying, look, I'm not a crazy person, okay? Well, it's okay? not just that. It's not, progressive isn't necessarily less than left, or whatever we mean by left, but when we talk about leftism, what we mean is a material analysis. We're talking about the mechanisms of production in our society. That's what that means. And when progressives talk about being progressive, a lot of times they mean all the stuff except for that, right? They mean things that matter, but things that we'll never, ever name those things. So they talk about, um, you know, let, you know, they talk about women presidents, for example, they talk about representation, things that do literally matter. Don't at me. People um, love talking about uh, representation. I'm not, I'm not going to say the things that all your other left podcasts say about people like this, but the fact is that progressive to me, me. to, to me, what, what progressive means is like, I will li- I will not name the the means of production. I will not locate yeah. them and I will not say the word labor yeah. outside. That's what progressive means. Yeah, no, I mean it's like John Oliver. It's like I will point out all of the problems of capital and go up to the line of calling it out for what it is and saying that there is like a unified thing that creates all these problems. Mm-hmm. Anyways, here's like a funny like sketch at the end of the our segment. <laughs> ba, 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 we have ba, someone ba. come out in a fucking costume and yeah. do yeah. something Oh my god. I'm a historian of the United States. I do not actually think the progressive era is something that we should be trying to emulate. There were a lot of extremely bad racist things that drove progressivism in the United States. So hearing my like fellow leftists be like, actually we are like early 20th century reformers in Chicago, I'm like, mm, that's eugenics, actually. We are we're we are <laughs> like, just also, it's like sad. It is sad that we're still trying to fight for no dead rats in the tomato soup cans, right? Ricky, Just like we were in 1900. We are, including Ben, all just like Mother Jones. <laughs> including anyway, her support that. of the Chinese Immigration Act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that at least like, Look it up, folks. literally one it's local real. democratic socialist has ever heard of racism in the early 20th century. Thank you for that one. Yeah, no. No, no offense again, listeners. <laughs> we love the New Deal. 
Well, uh, speaking Not of twentieth, <laughs> speaking of twentieth century racism, uh, let's. Oh, cool! Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of twentieth century racism, I learned that George Wallace's vice presidential candidate was most notable for his incendiary bombing campaigns in Japan. Wait, which which one? The man ran a bunch of times, didn't he? Um, in sixty okay. eight, the, the one yeah, that yeah. matters. Yeah, the one that matters. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, when he got. Really? What is his name? Um, I don't know. Something like LeMay. Something okay, yeah. LeMay, I believe. Um, and yeah, he his most notable achievement was firebombing presumably Tokyo. Didn't like all Americans of that generation participate in that? That's my understanding. That's like all men, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Every single person firebombed Tokyo, except for <laughs> FDR, who was granted an exception because he couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And so he made up for it by contributing to the war effort <laughs> by being president for 40 years. I just, I just got scotch on my glasses. So. Oh, no. That's where we're at in this taping. Well, anyway, uh, Chuck Todd referred to Bernie supporters as Nazis. So that uh. was that was fun. Um, he was. Well, uh, I'm going to refer to him. Oh, wait. <laughs> I wish I had a follow up to that. God damn it. <laughs> Oh so in a in a segment that aired uh, last week, I think it was either the night that we taped our last episode or shortly thereafter. Uh, Chuck Todd was uh, uh, reading a quote from uh, who was who was it that wrote the it was some right wing shithead. Um, uh, I'll, I'll find that it. referred to Bernie supporters as brown shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's there was some argument over whether or not Chuck Todd really called. Bernie supporters, uh, brown shirts. He was just quoting he was just, someone. He was just quoting someone else, uncritically. I will now read a passage from... Uh... <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> you did this to yourself with that heavy, that heavy hand. I will, I will now read a passage from Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Or yeah, I'm, pretty good. I'm going to read, <laughs> that was that was good. Okay, I, I'm going to read some passages from Mein Kampf. These are my words; they're not mine. I'm just quoting someone else. I am only quoting George Wallace. <laughs> okay, the fact that that guy ran for president and won like a shitload of states is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is an amazing indictment of this country. Can I just say something about brown shirts? Yes. People Please. literally like yeah. like like centrist like good American Democrats literally do not care about the Holocaust. Nope. Like they just go on TV and they're like that guy whose whole family was holocausted. <laughs> He's the real holocauster. They accosted. They holocausted them. <laughs> it sucks, though. Uh, this like makes me feel really sad all the time because it should make you feel sad, but also you know some of us are like a little bit um, implicated in it. Yeah. It okay. Sucks. So. Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, it's. I think it is so gross. You want this? Okay. Thank you. Though. So so no, I think I think that you're right. I think that uh, liberal Democrats 
don't really give a shit about things like the Holocaust or the Civil War or Jim Crow um, in the way that they kind of pay lip service to, they um, give a shit about them the way that they give a shit about Martin Luther King, which is that they will use this as like a symbolic kind of... uh, uh, it's kind of right, like, right. like they will virtue signal with it, right. but they will also totally strip it of all of the actual content. I feel like they're not even gonna virtue signal about Nazis anymore. They're like this close to Holocaust deniers. Like that's what's going on about Bernie Sanders. It's just like the mainstreamification of low key Holocaust denial. Yeah. Well, that's that's my take. You heard it here. I, I just think it's incredible that he, I mean, he basically, by implication, he called Bernie Sanders Hitler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Just, I am like, so dumb that d- I did not draw, I, I did not make that conclusion. It's rude because, like, like, in terms of their, like, whole vibe, like, if you put them on a stage together, they're, like, the opposite. Like, yeah, yeah. Hitler was this just, like, whiny, gross, tiny little man with, like, no energy. Like Mike Bloomberg. Exa- exa- exactly. I had not thought of that, but it is, like, true. Oh, my God. Hitler. I mean, wait. Mike Bloomberg is Hitler. Yeah, like, it makes sense. And they're all just, you know, Hitler would be so pissed about Bernie Sanders because Bernie can just, like, stand on the stage with, like, confidence and yeah. people, like, like him. And he's, like, a good speaker. He didn't he didn't fail to get accepted to art school, like, seven times. Yeah. I, I think, um, um, I mean, we, we, we've all had a fair amount of scotch at this point. But I, I, think, l- I think that I think it should be noted here uh, just for posterity <laughs> that that Ricky and Matthias are both okay. Jewish. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I would, my dad's parents were um, affluent members of uh, the Jewish communist uh, Vienna clique. And uh, they managed to get out in 1939. Mm. And they went to Mexico. And because of that, I have Mexican citizenship because my dad is a Mexican citizen. My Jewish family came to Detroit around 1917 when there was like a different kind of like murdering the Jews going on. Probably from Belarus, but possibly Ukraine. We don't know. Um, and they were Detroit the whole time, pretty much. Also, I had like one or two communist Detroit Jewish uncles. Gonna throw that out there. We're just, we're just sh- uh, sharing our backgrounds, our history here. Ben, well, when did your Jewish family come over? <laughs> you're you're Jewish, right? <laughs> you're Jewish, right? Uh, listeners who have never met me before, what was it? What uh, was the theme of your bar mitzvah, Ben? <laughs> I didn't get bar mitzvah. That shit's stupid. <laughs> If you uh, did, listeners you're a rube. Who, who don't know who I am uh, no, might be surprised are. to find out that I that I am a Korean immigrant. Uh, I was I, I am ethnically Korean. He is or, from North Korea. <laughs> oh, oh, shut the fuck up. Although I, I may be partially Chinese, I don't really know. I was uh, I was uh, orphaned as a child and adopted and um, and brought to America and raised by two very nice white people. Not um, not Jewish white people. Not Jewish white people. No, no. Um, 
Where the, how the fuck did we get here? You were you were disclosing our our you were um vetting us to make these Hitler jokes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we all have to disclose. Well, okay. So, uh, since Chuck Todd said this shit on MSNBC, uh, since that happened, Bernie Sanders, uh, had made a mm. statement, uh, basically saying that he does not condone online harassment, uh, by his supporters. We're never going to win now. Well, <laughs> I, I don't condone online harassment by near attendance. So, well, there he you says, go, uh, baby. Any anyone anyone harassing people online in his name is not welcome in his movement or uh, some shit like that. Small tent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now that brings me to who the the candidate that I have moved to, Amy Klobuchar, who wants to create a tent so big that it includes people who don't believe that you should be able to get an abortion. Yeah, yeah. and literally every I've been watching all of her speeches again because I stand, and every single time she's like, "And Republicans." Are gonna vote? She's like always like welcome Republicans who are gonna vote for me. Yeah, this is this is just like the Joanne Reed quote. That's like, you know what I'm about to say. Um, to, to beat a Republican, you have to think like a Republican. And Mike Bloomberg is a Republican. It's like I'm sorry. <laughs> if you want to run a Republican, you realize that there's a primary happening right now, and shit is happening. Like I like, would love to see. Bloomberg run. Ag- I, I mean, I would kind of love to see Bloomberg run against Trump, to be honest. <laughs> I probably I, I think I said this on the last show, but I have proposed that we should have a system where Donald Trump is, has to leave the presidency, but he can be like the Oracle of Delphi, um, where if anyone wants to run for president, they have to debate Donald Trump and we can all, you know, just like watch them get owned. <laughs> and then, you know, Decide, then they can yeah. then they can run um, because I would really like to see a Bloomberg Trump debate. It would be fucking hilarious. It would be. Oh, Mini Mike. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. <laughs> it is funny. Like he would say that, and I sadly I would laugh. I, a good one. Well, uh, speaking of Mike Bloomberg, there was a there was a rumor going around a couple days ago that uh, uh, it was, I think it was the Drudge Report that uh, had initially reported that apparently uh, uh, Mike Bloomberg wants Hillary Clinton as uh, as his running mate, uh, which would be amazing. It'd be just, it'd be, it would be so great, right? Cause, uh, it's, it's like, you know, like, you remember how, uh, how 2016 went? Let's just do that again. Yeah. Dude, what if we made 2020 Hillary versus Trump, but we added an even less likable person <laughs> onto the Democratic side? Anyone? Is she trying to, like, start a career in real estate or something? Is that her angle here? Maybe she's like an upstart. It's just trying to get some power in New York. <laughs> uh, I don't fucking know. I would like her to get some. I don't have anything to fucking say about this, except that it's like really like a poc- up. It's not. It's like dystopian. That's what it is. Yeah. It's dystopian. And nobody's going to fucking care. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They're not. They're gonna lose to Trump. But they're gonna win the primary together, <laughs> and nobody's gonna even care. Actually, I think it would be kind of awesome if Hillary uh, got involved in some way in the primary to like stop Bernie because 
Bernie, I think, would then win. You know, if Obama intervenes to stop Bernie, I think that there could be an issue because people really like Obama. But if Hillary intervened, I mean, you know, she has well, she's she's al- made, she's already been trying. Yeah, to. I was gonna say, like, she has she has made comments, mm-hmm. you know, like relatively tame comments in in the uh, you know mm. realm of possibility, and people have just lost their shit. So I I think that if she were to like try and get involved in any, well, what, mater- what, what does like, intervening look like uh, for Hillary or Obama for for Hillary? Let's say. Um, campaigning for someone or like she, endorsing gonna do, someone. She's going to do that, right? That seems if she's not planning on running, she's going to end up endorsing someone before Bernie wins. Uh, yeah. Oh, I would love to see her endorse. I would love to see her. Wouldn't you love to see her just fucking? Uh, who who would shit? she endorse? Who would no, she I endorse? would just love to see her like have to be like. I support Bernie Sanders for president. That would oh. that would be very sad. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, we are supposed to be accepting everyone with open arms and, you know, okay, fine. But the, you know, like the Hillary Clintons and like the people who like hold positions of power, they will have to like do the march of shame because they suck. The deal is that they won't though, right? They probably I mean they won't. might do it like publicly, but I mean Maybe. like they might they but, might but like also, say something they might say something like on the news, uh vaguely supporting Bernie as the nominee, but you know damn well that behind the scenes they're gonna be doing some weird shady they shit. They want they 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 want a Trump presidency. They do. Yeah, I, I don't think they, that they would even say that they support Bernie. I don't think that they will. They, I was going to make an Epstein joke, but I feel like without Alex here, I couldn't really land it. <laughs> that, that's why, though. Okay. That's, that's the reason that they want a Trump presidency, just because they're on the flight logs. Yeah. All, you, all, all of them. Let, yeah. let, that would be like a, a flight log ticket, right? Yeah. Did you guys see that tweet that I shared earlier? The Bloomberg Clinton one? Yes. Which one was that? I thought it was pretty funny. Wait, it was, uh, no. Um, I support a Bloomberg Hillary ticket because my biggest issue with Trump and Pence is that only one of them is heavily implicated <laughs> yeah. in Jeffrey Epstein's child sex ring. Yep. 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 That's... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No. Bernie Sanders will investigate Jeffrey Epstein's quote unquote suicide. I don't know. I want an anti-carceral Bernie Sanders to just like, we'll just let it go. Right. We're, We're, we are, um, it's like his, uh, Gerald Ford moment. I'm healing the nation by pardoning all of the Epstein (laughs) co-conspirators. Ehud Barak, you're welcome. So we got we got one more story we need to talk about, uh, and that is the new Rage Against the Machine tour. Um, they've uh, put up killing in the name of yeah. Fuck you! I want to do what you tell me. Uh, I they they are touring in. I don't know, like 20 different cities or something like that. It's not a very expansive tour, but it's like their big reunion tour. And uh, Jesus Christ, the tickets are really, really expensive. What are we looking at? How do they compare to the MCR tickets? Uh, I don't remember. How much were the MCR tickets? I heard 
rumors. I a friend tried to buy a ticket in New York City, and she waited in the queue for six hundred ninety five dollar tickets. Holy shit! That's huh? New York City, but it's up there locally. Yeah. It's up there. The low price that I've heard is one hundred fifty dollars. The high price that I've heard is three hundred dollars for Rage. Yes. Yeah. They pl- you, they're playing Little Caesars. I, I'm, you know, I, yeah. Or was that just a joke? No, they I, really are I playing Little Caesars. <sighs> Lovely. Okay, look, I, I like Rage Against the Machine pretty good, but. I do too. You know, there are very few bands that I would pay more than thirty dollars to see. <laughs> yeah, and like to to charge a hundred dollars. I mean, a hundred dollars is basically just what a show costs these days at a big thing. You know, I think that it's disgusting. Yeah. I think that it's fucking gross. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, it is at Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck I don't that, know. man. You know, actually, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, um, but uh, the f- when I w- when I was younger, like the first one of the first bands that I really really liked was uh, was ACDC because mm-hmm. like I grew up like listening to a lot of uh, like classic rock, mm-hmm. um, and so they were like uh, the first band that I went to see, like the first real concert I went to see in person. Um, and the and the tickets were like ninety something dollars mm-hmm. for like literally like the upper bowl of the arena. I think it was Van Andel in Grand Rapids. Mm. Yep. Shout out to Betsy DeVos. Yeah. yeah, I saw I saw the Black Keys there. Oh yeah, yeah. I was also in the outer ring. Yeah, as it were, the rings of Saturn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a cool show. Uh, How much did you say you paid total? It was like ninety something dollars. I think. um, So are are we just like sharing what the most we paid for a show is? Yeah, I mean that's the most I paid for a show. I think I paid. My mom and I went to see Tom Waits the last time he toured in Chicago, and I think that we actually this is when we were poor, so I think someone else paid for this for us. Nice. But I think those were one hundred and fifty dollars tickets. Nice. Um, that was like fifteen years ago or something. That does not make me happy to hear about Tom Waits, but I mean. Yeah, it was, in the, it was in the con- Congress Theater or whatever, a small theater. So, but yeah, I mean, t- uh, getting back to the Rage Against the Machine tour, um, a friend of mine, uh, uh, a friend of mine, hit me up a few days ago and said, "Yeah, I bought tickets for the show. Uh, I bought a couple of extra. Uh, if you want to go, you have first dibs. It's one hundred and forty dollars." I think it's reasonable if you. You know, these days. I mean, I could. With the I could, fees and all. I don't believe in it. I mean, I could. Uh, I could okay, scrape I, up like hundred and forty dollars, like over the next few months, uh, to go to the show. But I was. But uh, the show is on uh, July thirteenth, uh, which is the first day of the Democratic National mm-hmm. Convention, and I'm going to be, be in busy. Milwaukee. Yeah. I'm hoping to go. I hope it's really bad. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> hoping to go. I going. hope that things go terribly. We have an excuse to fucking fight the cops. Yeah, I, so I am hoping that there is a civil Tomorrow. unrest. Yeah. My sister has the story that she tells because she was an anarchist in the '90s. About I yeah. could probably look up the facts of this, but I'm just gonna tell her actual story where she was doing some black block thing in Los Angeles. And Rage Against the Machine fucked it up by doing a show like in Los Angeles, like a free surprise public show. And then there were all these people that were like, eh, and then the radio was like, come see Rage Against the Machine. And then there were all these like black block people and then regular people. And then there was like an accidental riot. Wow. And she like she fucking hates them because uh. of it. That's not, that sounds like a Tom Morello move, to be honest. Like yeah. he, he tried. 
That's that's incredible. That it it seems like we're gonna be getting something similar yeah. uh, this year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like they're gonna res- they're gonna really respect the the property at the Little Caesars Arena. Yeah. I, oh, I will say, like, I I I have some feelings about Rage. I like Rage. I'm not the biggest Rage fan, but I care about them. Also, grew up in a trailer park at, in a leftist family, so this is like my culture. Um, but. I think it was weird because I don't know if you saw like two years ago, some white kid did, wrote an essay in the New York Times. It was in like wherever they do music essays. And he was like, I said that Rage Against the Machine was uncool for like this whole period of time for the last 10 years or whatever. And it's really because I just didn't see the po- value of the politics or something. And it was really fucking stupid because it was just like him, right? Like that's a you problem, right? Um, because Rage was, I mean, Zach had his own thing, right? He is the actually good political one who's not Tom Morello and he wasn't, you know, he was dealing with his own shit and not wanting to be Tom Morello, but they were blacklisted, right? They were the, they made a lot of money and were very popular. But the fact is that during the war, they were blacklisted. The record labels and venues like didn't want to deal with them. There was like a political campaign against them because nobody fucking remembers that there was censorship 15 years ago. Um, and people decided Dixie chicks. This was at this. Yeah. But this was also at the same time where people were over new metal. So they were like, we need to keep our white music and our black music separate. And that means no political music. Sadly, the strokes were part of this, right? Mm -hmm. That would be like the symbol of that backlash. Strokes strokes are too black. Right. The the strokes are the symbol of this white rock backlash that happened on the radio against things like corn and rage against the machine and all this other stuff. Um, and people actively encouraged that they participated in it by saying that rage against the machine was stupid. Right. So seeing people all of a sudden be like, actually rage was cool the whole time. Now that Bernie Sanders is around pisses me off because nobody's talking about how racist that whole period was. Right. Like, and how bad it was to see, even, even though Tom was definitely still making money, you know, um, people really were like, this kind of music is bad. Political music is bad. Like racially mixed music is bad and we can't associate with it. That that's my opinion on that. <laughs> anyway, but now now they're mainstream again, and everybody's like, I've always been, I've always liked Bernie. I'm as consistent. Oh. I'm the Bernie Sanders of Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and I actually was always a closeted Rage Against the Machine fan, and looking back on it, you know, I just like was suppressing it, you know. So technically, I was always. Re- Oh my! It's it's like a Alan Dershowitz being like, you know, I have the diametrically opposed position to what I was saying before, but technically I was right then, and I'm just more right now. So, yeah. Who can say if I was wrong ever? Because I wasn't. So we're definitely going to hear a lot of people calling them sellouts again. Just like brace yourselves for that, which yeah. is like I don't know, probably. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was like gonna say this, I am uh, one of those people right now. I like yeah. this headline from the Detroit Metro Times, which said uh, "Rage Against the Machine Detroit is heading Times. to Detroit." Oh wait, no, it changed. They changed it. <laughs> Boring headline. Uh, uh, they they oh, the original headline said uh, "Rage Against the Machine" adds second Detroit date due to capitalism. I mean, but listen, did people say that about MCR? They didn't say that about MCR. Like, and this is pretty interesting because these like watching the fallout from these two events. These are what like the most popular bands of all time, probably is what I'm thinking. Well, um, I mean, no, MCR they're not as political. They, yeah. I would disagree. I know that. Okay, so they're not known for being political. Right. Like their music is pretty well, political. I mean, the Black Parade is kind of political. Yeah, but Rage Against the Machine is very explicitly yes. political. Right, but I don't know. 
I don't know. I search within myself to wonder if that matters. And maybe it matters. I mean, I think that it... <laughs> Both it, of these it, moves are still political, right? Both the, of these shows are still political. I think that they're. I think that they're different. I mean, I, I, I think that. I think that uh, the the way that people critique them is going to be inherently different because, like you know, Rage Against the Machine. I mean, you know, it's even like in their name, they are like <laughs> just to, to, to say that they wear it on their sleeve right. is like uh, undermining. I mean, fair enough. Um, and and so I think that they are. Uh, I mean, I remember when I liked Rage Against the Machine in uh, middle school, which was, you know, in like 2008, okay. 2000, yeah, um, one of, you know, I had a friend like, oh, you know, the, they're like, uh, in the, like the music industry, they make like <laughs> the all this money, industry. you know, they like make all this money and they're like bitching about capitalism. The music industry like, like famously pays its own. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. You should, dude, you should tell Paul McCartney to stop bitching sure. about that right. shit. I mean, dude, the, you're in the music <laughs> industry. Why do you want the rights to please, please me? No one cares about that shit. <laughs> I, you know, the, what it comes down to though is what we are consuming when we consume we're consume this is politics as sort of like a a consumer field right like, yes and i don't in my opinion on rage is that they didn't expect that to pan out the way that it did right they didn't see that coming yeah um and so i i feel for them a little bit but they also are super responsible for making that uh, more of a thing i mean i think yeah. we're all that's all everything is just consuming politics at this point yeah um but as politics as like an aesthetic or whatever. I, don't know. I also think I sound like that, such a fucking asshole. Sorry. Well, but okay. I think that you're right, and I think that a lot of people. I okay. I would characterize what is happening right now as like a, a mass crisis of identity, mm-hmm. and I think that that is why quote unquote identity politics. I know that the term is like fucking mm-hmm. stupid and loaded as hell, and mm-hmm. actually encompasses everything, but. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's better because, you know, identity politics is the name of the game right now. It's just a different identity every time. And, you know, and the identity now is, you know, the 99%. Um, we're all fighting Bernie Sanders, who's apparently part of the 1%. <laughs> and that changes literally everything. We have to behead him and find a new candidate. <laughs> How old were y'all when Occupy happened? Actually, maybe don't tell me. I might when did struggle. it happen? 2010, 2011? That sounds right, yeah. I think. Uh, um, I was like you were 16, in, you were in 17. Okay, yeah, that, that's reasonable. Um, but I, I, I was pretty, I was, know. I was pretty apolitical until I was like 19, 20. I um was, I didn't do a lot with it, but I was like around it, you know, and I had friends organizing it in other cities. I remember specifically because this was a time in my life where I was like very much about my working class identity, kind of as an identity that set me apart from everyone I had to be around because I went to college, right? And I remember being like, the ninety nine percent is meaningless because like your family makes like a hundred thousand dollars. You do not have the experience I had. I was like a real bitch about it, actually. <laughs> uh, but that was twenty ten uh, in my uh, life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, political awakening kind of, uh, well, at least for me also coincide with just being a total, uh, divisive asshole to everyone about everything. Hmm. Um, I think I was always already both of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a friend of mine sent me a meme that was like, 
anything happens, the left, and it's a picture from Scooby-Doo, and it's Fred, and he goes, all right, gang, let's split up. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. It's it's so true. Well, um, we uh, we may or may not have arrived at the end of our time here. I think we might have. I forgot to start the stopwatch, uh, so we've just kind of been uh, eyeballing this. But um, before before we sign off, um, uh, I just wanted to uh, tell everyone who's listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this, that uh, uh, I it was like yesterday. Uh, I was looking at my calendar, and I kind of freaked myself out a little bit uh realizing that the michigan presidential primary is in like three weeks uh it's uh tuesday march 10th it's coming up really really quickly and uh we need your help uh here in the state of michigan if you if you live here in lansing uh, we have a lot of canvassing um uh, and phone banking events uh happening in this area there are other other things happening uh other events happening throughout michigan as well um but uh if you want to get connected uh to a local group uh, that is uh, knocking on doors and making phone calls. Uh, then you can find those events at event.berniesanders.com. Uh, we, again, we really, really need your help. Uh, the doors that you, that, uh, we're going to knock on are incredibly fucking important if we're going to win this. Uh, cause I think New Hampshire was a lot closer than we wanted it to be. And we, we don't want to get overtaken here. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you're supporting Bernie, uh, go to events.berniesanders.com. Uh, I'm, I'm hosting, uh, uh, canvassing events out of my apartment here, uh, I think around at least four, four different days over the next three weeks. Um, and, uh, I mean, if you, if you are supporting another candidate, I don't know why you're listening to our show. <laughs> um, but you know, that's okay. Uh, just remember yang that. Yang, shout out. Just, just, just remember that, Welcome. uh, if you plan on voting for Warren, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, don't Biden, do Steyer, just um, don't do it. Just, just remember that, uh, the, uh, that we're holding an election. The, the, the election to vote for those candidates is going to be on Wednesday, <laughs> March 11th. So make sure you vote on that no, day. This is voter suppression. We're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> It's that's that's not a voter suppression. That's the truth. It's the truth. Okay. Warring candidates have to vote on a different day. Yeah, that's just I don't make the rules. It's just how it works. It was one of her stupid plans. Damn. <laughs> These neo libs always making things more complicated. So definitely don't go to the polls on um on Tuesday, March tenth. That's true. Yeah. All right, uh, we should we should probably stop now. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys later. I think we got a bonus episode coming out this week. Um, just remember uh, to uh, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever else you get podcasts. You can find our show on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. Uh, you can email us at SOTRPod at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to us on Patreon at Patreon.com. Give us a little bit of your money each month and you can get some bonus content. Uh, anyway, I'm Benjamin Klon. Matias. Uh, oh, <laughs> he, did, he did point. I'm Ricky Reynolds. Okay, fuck. I wasn't looking. <laughs> I'm Matias. Oh, shit. Ha, 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 ha.